listeners. This is episode 42 of the Maroon Weekly. It is Sunday, May 12th, and we are heading into week 7 of Spring Quarter. My name is Ram, and we have a few stories to cover today, so let's get right to it. Let's begin with the undergraduate student body news. As many of you are probably aware, student government executive slate elections were held this past week, and the CARE slate won the vote, beating out their opponents, the reform slate, by a margin of 1820 to 906 votes. The CARE slate is made up of presidential candidate Jahane Brown, vice president for student affairs candidate Koshia Shife, and vice president for administration candidate Brittany Dorton. All three are third years and will head student council in the upcoming 2019-2020 school year. Two distinctive pieces of their platform involve their focus on transparency with university administration, along with community interactions with the UCPD. With regards to transparency, Slate members promise to allow students to field questions prior to student government meetings with administration, and promise to release detailed briefings of these meetings. With regards to the UCPD, Slate members support Know Your Rights training for students and community members. CARE also promised to aid students of color, sexual assault survivors, and LGBTQ students through attempting to create more campus cultural centers, prioritizing useful resources like the Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Committee, and promising to create a fund that supports at-risk LGBTQ students. In addition to executive slate candidates, the ballot also contained a referendum that proposed eliminating Student Government's Finance Committee as a permanent standing committee between the College Council and the Graduate Council. The votes on the referendum were overwhelmingly in favor of eliminating the committee. Let's shift the focus to the graduate student body. Last week, we reported on the May Day protests that occurred on campus in which graduate students protested against university policy towards them. In response, Provost Daniel Dermeyer announced a complete internal audit of graduate student payments this summer in an email sent to graduate students on Tuesday. Dermeyer stated, students receive payments from different sources of funds, distributed through different systems, and governed by different processes. Much of this work is conducted manually and is subject to error. When questioned about the purpose of the audit, university spokesman Jeremy Mania told the Maroon that the goal of the audit is to identify both additional short-term solutions and general improvements. Mania further specified that the audit will be a detailed assessment conducted in close collaboration with the university's academic and administrative units. GSU members are not optimistic about the audit. GSU representatives wrote, We're concerned that in the same message where he acknowledges the issue, the provost pretends that it is largely solved, writing that in the few remaining cases, the administration is taking proactive steps. We believe that the recognition of our union and a contract that guarantees us the same pay protections as other workers is a better solution than hollow assurances or a report from a committee of auditors. Lastly, let's go over some miscellaneous campus-related stories. First, University of Chicago alum Bob Connors donated his rare book collection to the University of Chicago Library Special Collections Research Center. After graduating from the Graham School at the University of Chicago, Connors began to collect rare books as he continued to foster his love of literature. Now, at the age of 70, Connors has amassed a collection of 400 rare volumes that include works ranging from 1475 edition of St. Augustine's Confessions to Boethius and Herodotus to the British literature of George Eliot and Thomas Hardy. After Connors was diagnosed with cancer in October, he decided to donate his impressive collection along with a monetary donation. 
Finally, last Thursday, residents of the Hyde Park and Washington Park neighborhoods gathered in the Washington Park Fieldhouse for a forum to discuss concerns surrounding crime in the area and listen to a presentation regarding burglary prevention. The meeting was held after a string of break-ins that occurred in Hyde Park, which we discussed in an earlier episode. Sergeant Madis Jointer dismissed the idea that the increase in burglary incidents represents an increase in criminal intention. Rather, she suggested that it is the result of increased opportunity for burglars. Burglaries are crimes of opportunities, always, she said. You got lax and missed something, and the burglar capitalized on your mistake. Leaving windows open, doors unlocked, and mail unread can all contribute to this opportunity, according to Jointer. That's all the time we have today. Music for the Weekly is provided by Andrew Dietz, Aaron Senden, and Kenny Tabit LaVega. Thank you to the Logan Cage staff for the provision of the audio equipment. As always, I'm Ron. Thank you for listening, and see you next week for episode 43. See ya.